0: Welcome to Small Business Startup Stories presented to you by BitBox. BitBox exists to discover, develop, and launch the next generation of love-led entrepreneurs. My name is Scott Behrman, and I'll be your host for this episode today. As always, we interview small business owners to hear how they started their business so that you can gain valuable insights to utilizing your small business start. And as we always say, if we did it, so can you. Uh, so today we have a, a, a multi-business starting and owning entrepreneur, Cassandra Quinn, with us on the podcast. Uh, Cassandra and I uh, met each other and know each other through the Goldman Sachs uh, 10,000 Small Business Program, where we were both uh, involved and in Cohort 23. Mm-hmm. Um, welcome uh, to the podcast, Cassandra. Cassandra.
1: Thank you so much. I was delighted when you reached out to me and asked me to be a part of this. And so I am super excited to be able to connect and and share about what's going on, you know, post our graduation from 10 KSB.
0: Yeah, I'm so uh, looking forward to hearing hearing that, especially since we graduated, what was it, 2019, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, spring of, of last year. And so it's been about a year and a half now.
0: Right, yeah, and to give people context of the goldman sachs ten thousand small business program and we're not sponsored by them yet that. but the context is like we, they bring in business owners and we work on developing a um a, like an expansion plan for our business like here's where our business is at and then here's where we want to take it and it's funny because we're the class of 2019 and well and then 2020 came along, right? (laughs) And I haven't talked to many of our small business, our classmates yet, but it's like, uh, how's everybody scrambling from from that, but, um, but I'm excited to have you here today. Um, And when I first originally reached out to you, I was reaching out to you to talk about how you started uh, your business Compass Creative Dramatics and that's what you were in the program for and and how i knew uh what you were doing at the time but we're not going to focus on that today because uh i think it's a way more exciting actually interview uh because you started a new business in 2020.
1: i did i know i was it was quite uh, the undertaking. I realize that a lot of people might think I'm a little crazy, um, a little ambitious to be starting a second business, a new business uh, in the midst of a pandemic. But I just knew it was the right choice. I saw it as my golden window of opportunity to make it happen. It was something I had been excited and passionate about and hadn't had the bandwidth to make happen as I was running Compass Creative Dramatics. And so because Compass is a children's theater and it's a traveling children's theater at that the trifecta of working with kids, being a theater and being a traveling company, you can imagine that COVID completely shifted how we were able to show up and, and be in the world in our business. Right. Uh, which meant that I had kind of a forced slowdown and, uh, figuring out how to pivot and take care of my clients and my people who worked for me and all of that. Uh, but once that I kind of, uh, was at the helm and and figured out how to keep everything moving forward and make sure everyone was cared for and meeting everyone's needs and, and pivoting to some online programming for the children, I went, wow, I have time that I never had before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I have this idea that I've just been sitting on excited to do. And so that's what launched me into saying, you know. Now more than ever, business owners are needing support. Now more than ever, I have the time to do it. So let's make it happen.
0: Awesome. Yeah. So why don't you give us a, uh, the, well, okay. Back up when you said, yeah, crazy. And yeah, we're entrepreneurs, right? I mean, it's yeah. <laughs> a <laughs> crazy time anyways. Um, but we, why don't you give us the 30 second elevator pitch for your new endeavor?
1: Yeah. So I teach small business owners, how to be phenomenal communicators and relationship builders so that sales and business growth naturally and authentically flow to them.
0: Great. All right. So we're going to dive into that, how you started that. But before we do, um, we want to just back up and get to know you as a person. A little bit more because uh, a lot of people have this an I- idea in their heads that entrepreneurs are extraordinary people, and uh, I think we can all agree that yeah, we may have a little bit more bit of a crazy
1: <laughs> going on
0: in, in, in us, but um, we're just kind of ordinary people who uh, have a dream and and want to do things a lot of the times just our own way maybe we maybe maybe what we have is we think we could do better than other (laughs) people i don't know but we'll find out Um, but um so in that context yeah just share uh with us um just to set kind of i mean this could go a lot of different ways but what are some like i always say like the three to five and things is a very broad scope uh but just that could be people events places beliefs that that shape who you are as a person
1: yeah so i think that for me i know this might sound a little cliche because it's true for a lot of people but the foundations of who i am come from my family and so i know that's a very common answer but we'll start there and kind of unpack as we go but i was very fortunate i am very fortunate to have parents who are unbelievably supportive uh, and are this beautiful balance of being my biggest cheerleader, but also like knowing what I'm capable of and like not letting me fall short of that, like really holding me accountable to my potential, which I feel really fortunate about that it's not just that side of it, where you have this someone who's rah-rahing for you, but someone who's like, you can do better, do better, um, but in the most like loving, empathetic way you can imagine. And I, I also just feel very fortunate to. Uh, my father because i i always think of myself and, and maybe uh, as as a trailblazer i love getting out there and initiating things and and taking action even before other people do but I think that like my father uh well both of my parents really but my father's educational journey set me up for that because my dad was actually the first person in his family to graduate high school wow. and yeah and then fast forward to me graduating high school I was the third. So in our family's history, you know, fast forward 30 some years later, I was still only the third person in my dad's family to graduate high school with my dad being the first. And I was the first to go to college. And so, and my parents were, you know, unbelievably supportive of that um, as I went away. And I was always the kind of person who wore a lot of hats even before college. Like I just loved to be involved in a lot of endeavors and activities and just very busy honors kind of student, but also involved in a ton of activities. I kept that up in college and I think people were like concerned or worried about the fact of how busy I stayed. I double majored, double minored and one of those majors was theater and so, which is kind of like a double major in and of itself. Um, but I really think that that set me up. And then as I mentioned, I double majored, I uh, have a degree in sociology and a degree in uh, theater performance. and. Really, I've always also been drawn to teaching and educating, which is important because that's the path that my life continues to go on. I actually went to college as a declared elementary education major, but realized I went to a a small liberal arts college in Indiana that no one's ever heard of, (laughs) Huntington University, and so because it was a liberal arts college i was in all of my gen ed classes my freshman year i wasn't even in my education classes yet and i was reading the descriptions and i was dreading it i was like oh this sounds not the direction i want to go even though my heart is with teaching right and it was really being able to go to college and seeing the expansion of all of the other ways that I could help and show up for people and teach that wasn't that traditional elementary education path, right? And so I was very fortunate that uh, another big event that happened, in it, and it didn't seem big at the time, but re- reflecting back, it was pivotal that uh, as a freshman, they assign you to a faculty mentor that isn't necessarily related to your s- field of study. And my mentor was the sociology faculty department head and really understanding and getting to know her changed my trajectory of college and wow. made me realize I could go on this path of sociology I just had a desire to understand and connect with people and that's really what both of my degrees are right like sociology and theater it's Mm -hmm. just a reflection of each other really
0: (laughs) yeah maybe different angles of reaching people right
1: yeah yeah exactly (laughs) and and then once i graduated, well even before i graduated it was really important to me that i was building my professional theater resume So another big pivotal part of my life was that my first professional acting job connected me to, now it was a doozy and that's a story for another time, but I'm really fortunate. I feel very glad that I had that experience and I wouldn't trade all of the not so great parts uh, because of all of the wonderful things that came out of that. And some of the most important things that came out of that first professional acting job was that I... Met my best friend, who is uh, also later became my business partner for my children's theater. Okay. And so that 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 was really laid out before me. And then also met the people uh, who really connected me to the idea that Chicago could be a place to put down roots. Uh, as a performer, as an artist, and just as a person, I didn't know quite where I was going to land, and meeting the people who, were able to help me see that was pivotal to me in that point. So that's that's a, another big part. And then I think that just going back to my family and then also just who I think I am at my core identity of like what pushes me forward in all of my businesses and really all of my life is really being rooted in empathy and caring for people, being present with people, authentic, those core values shape every decision I make. And so I'm really always measuring, whether it's as a business owner or a friend or a partner or even an employee somewhere, like what does it look like to show up and be fully committed, to be authentic, to be present, to be empathetic and care for people. And so I think that that really, in a nutshell, shapes who I am and what really got me on this path of of being an entrepreneur. And I think that really, uh. Well, I'll save that. Never mind. I was gonna yeah. go into my entrepreneur like background, but we'll we'll hold on to that.
0: <laughs> well, we'll go we'll go into that because um yeah, so you, you come out of college, you get uh, an acting job. Was that like uh just like a one time job? Was that an ongoing
1: um game? Yeah. Is so it called? was actually summer, uh, what's called summer stock. And that actually happened before I even graduated. So it was a summer job I did. And it's in theater, it's very rare to get an ongoing job. It's really a gig lifestyle. (laughs) You're always, even once you land that contract, usually that contract is anywhere between, you know, three weeks to maybe six months. If you're really lucky, maybe it's a year long contract, but you're always looking for that next thing because of kind of the structure of the industry. And so it was just a summer summer job. I ended up working at that theater for two summers in a row, but yeah, it was at what's called a repertory theater where you are doing multiple shows. And then oftentimes the summer stock theater, it also means that you're wearing a lot of other hats besides acting. So you're doing behind the scenes work too. So that, I don't know if that answers your question, but that, yeah.
0: No, that, that does. Uh, I don't know if you knew this, but uh, I've acted in three commercials.
1: What? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Totally random.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it.
0: Totally random experiences. Um <laughs> so so you're 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 doing that. Like what was the job that you were in before you like somebody else is paying you uh mm-hmm. before you jumped into now I'm gonna do something on my own? Like what was what did what was that job and, and what what did that transition look like?
1: Yeah, so I think that going back to, first of all, I kind of have always had an entrepreneurial, not kind of, strike the kind of, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit (laughs) and uh, whether that started with, and this is a little silly to go back this far, but just kind of to track my journey, like whether it was being in elementary school and realizing that I could charge my classmates a nickel to look at a cricket that I had kept in a box that I had created a little terrarium for, and then my teacher getting mad and my parents having to, you know, stifle their laughter as they told me I had to shut down my cricket business. (laughs) Um, Or, or, you know, fast forward to, as a teenager, I ran like a face painting business at festivals. So I was really my own business then too, and not really answering to a boss or having to uh, work for somebody else that was something I created on my own to even in college, I was briefly a Mary Kay consultant, which is sort of your own business uh, even though, you know, it's within that structure. And then like fast forwarding to like my theater career, what I think that sometimes people don't realize is that being an actor and a theater practitioner, you are your own small business too. You are doing all of your own uh, promoting, you're doing all of your own, sales, you are having to be looking and it it really is very much being your own business as well. Now that I think obviously is different because you're functioning as an independent contractor mostly as opposed to like true like i have a small business (laughs) but i think that all of those steps especially being a a theater practitioner and an actor and learning what it meant to be self-sufficient in that way and what it meant to even keep track of the finances that you have to do to be an independent contractor or what it meant to uh, all of those areas that really affected me being a a, a small business owner. So I tell you all of that to say, (laughs) I uh, planned on moving to Chicago right after college, but I got some theater contracts in Minnesota and decided to go do that work first. But as I mentioned, theater contracts are, purposefully short. And I knew that those were going to end. And so I planned on moving to Chicago when those ended, which is what I did. And it's very common for actors to have what they call their survival job, their day job. And so I jumped right into you know, being a server, I had some office jobs and, uh, but I was really continuing to be drawn into educational theater. That tended to be my niche where I kept getting the most work and where my passions were. And, and I loved Chicago. I loved theater. I loved working with kids. And so it just felt like the natural next step to be like, I want to have something like that of my own. I don't want to keep looking for this other work that I'm working for other people making that happen. I want to create something. Something. and and sort of going back to what you said earlier about maybe I could do this better yeah. <laughs> like I had some ideas about yeah. about uh, how I believed in the work that I was doing and very passionate about it but really seeing opportunities to create something unique for the world that other people weren't quite doing. Mm-hmm. So that is, so I, to answer your question, I was, I was juggling acting jobs and being a server and uh, working in an office, all of those types of things that a lot of artists tend to do to support themselves. And then in uh, 2012, I I took the leap and asked my best friend, which I know that people tell you not to do—don't go into business with your friends—but I did it anyway, <laughs> um, and it was great. Good, uh, and, Good to be here. Yeah, and and she was in the business with me for the first, you know, seven and a half years, and she uh, was ready to transition out of the business at the end of last year, and is now into a whole—not just out of the business, but into a whole new career path. She's in law school right now, so. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But anyway, so that's what I was doing before was was uh, working towards my theater career and realizing that that was some and and education really and realizing that I I wanted to create something of my own.
0: Okay. No, that's, that's great. I love. uh, Yeah, giving the the context of where people are at is like, is very important um, for anybody considering starting their own thing, whether it's they're being, uh, starting a business or, um, a solopreneur or, uh, intrapreneur as well as like creating something within a company. Um, and love hearing about, yeah, being in, uh, uh, in the acting business, right. You are like, it's your own thing. You got to show up, you got to find the gigs, you got to show up, you got to do the, uh, the initial interviews and and the casting calls, the casting calls, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and all that fun stuff. Um, but yeah, you have to be responsible. And then from what I know my experience, right? Then if you land a gig and it's paying, like checks start coming in. But there's an end date to that,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you gotta you gotta you gotta make a budget and make sure you can live off of that. So uh, yeah. that's so great to hear. Um, so let's go into you're, and you still have, uh, you're still operating Compass Creative. Yes. Dramatics, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, um, when, did you launch? Lo- well, we didn't, I don't think we got the full name of your new business.
1: Oh yeah. It is Quinn, <laughs> Quinn business coaching.
0: Great. Okay. So, um, where, when was it that, well, I mean, you had alluded to it earlier, right? Uh, you had time with the pandemic. You slowed down to kind of look around and breathe. Um, what was it? What was the transition point at that? Wh- or maybe what was in your head to say, "Okay, I'm doing this, and it's successful." How? I mean, it's been seven years or eight the, years the now for children's compass. theater. Yeah,
1: eight yeah. and a half years. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so you got this going. You're like, I don't want to start something else. What? What? What was in your head at the time where? you actually made a decision, right? Because a lot of us entrepreneurs, like we have a million ideas,
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right?
0: Sure. A million things that we could go start and then we don't start any of them or we you know, we eventually land on one. So what, yeah. what, what did that look like for you?
1: Well, I realized that when I was going through the 10,000 Small Business Program that I was noticing a pattern that I had already picked up on in other areas of my life that while people crave connection and while people crave uh, authentic relationships, that it's something that doesn't always come naturally or easily for people. And part of that is because people aren't taught how to do that. It's something that we're expected to innately figure out in our life. And I saw that play itself out even within our cohort, right? People who are amazingly smart, amazingly talented, but were having these hurdles and roadblocks when it came to certain areas of communications and 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 sales. Mm-hmm. And so I that's kind of where the impetus of the idea of like this is something I'm good at and I care about and I want to help people. Like it's just I I that is really my motivating factor so often is is wanting to help. But to answer your question like why now? Why start it now is I realized that I was doing a disservice honestly by not taking the time To create a business that I knew I had the abilities and the passion to help others, Mm -hmm. and I wasn't investing my time and energy into it. And so, this summer when I was in the middle of running online theater camps, I decided that I was going to create the time and space to start my coaching business. So that really meant that I had, even though I have been a coach and a consultant actually for many years, actually in communication and sales as well, I've consulted for other theaters, I've been a sales representative for other companies, and then I also have been a communication coach for the University of Chicago. Chicago Pritzker School of Medicine for the mm-hmm. last uh, six years, teaching medical students about empathetic and effective communication. So I have all the background and the experience. I just had not translated it into, I'm my own business doing this. It's sort of like the theater journey, right? I'm doing I theater yeah. and, uh, Same thing. So I decided this summer that it was time to finally make that happen. So I created the space to figure out what it looked like to build a coaching business rather than be a coach or a consultant for other people's businesses.
0: Gotcha. So did you have to, uh, when you made that decision, um, did you have to come up with any startup funds? Cause that's usually for people, that's a big hurdle. Um, in, in some businesses and some businesses, it may not be. So, curious to know that.
1: Yeah. So, luckily, getting into coaching, especially when you're having to do it remotely, which obviously COVID has forced us all to have to do. Yep there, there's a lot less expense and overhead. So there's things that I already pay for in my everyday life, you know, my internet, my phone, all of those things that I needed. But in terms of startup funds, I knew obviously my income and revenue from the children's theater dropped significantly because of COVID and that was my primary source of my personal income too. Right? So that really was a source of, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? I, I had to figure that out. It was it was definitely a hurdle. Yes. <laughs> and so, one of the biggest things that I wanted to do is make sure that I had all of the right tools to know the like perfect rollout strategy for a coaching program. And so, I wanted to find some training. In that area, so I knew that I had the skills to be a coach. I just wanted to know how to run it as a business, right? right. Yep. So I went out yep. looking for that kind of training, and I, I was fortunate that I found a program that really resonated with me, and I invested in that. and And so the the startups for the startup money for that came from a little bit of savings that I had, uh, a, a friend of mine who was very passionate about me making this career shift and thought that it was just uh, the obvious path forward for me. And so he offered to invest in that uh, to help support me without me even asking. He knew I was looking at this training program and he said, if you're needing a little support, I'm happy to be a part of that, which was phenomenal, right? And then I also just uh, realized that I, I am always creative about where I can get funding. And so, one of the things that be- i became aware of was that paypal has some like working capital and or other credit options and they have a paypal credit option where i think it's for 6 months it's interest free and so i had this idea that if i were able to use like apply for that credit that within 6 months i would hopefully ideally have earned that money back Mm. from my business. So I I had this whole strategy of I'll the the remaining amount that I'm not getting from my friend as a loan and not taking from my own savings. I'll take from this and take on this bit of debt. So that's really what I did. I also am fortunate because I have my children's theater, I looked into it and talked to my my tax accountant, it was like, Hey, there are resources and things that I use for compass that is it okay if I'm also using them for this other business? Is there going to be any issues with my bookkeeping or like ethical issues? Like, are people are, are is because I never owned two businesses at once, right? Yeah. I was like, I don't know what it looks like to like, have. We're
0: talking about this. So I want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> interested so, in this part, right? Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. So I was like, what does it look like to the fact that I have an Adobe uh, Suite subscription yeah. and I want to, or a Canva subscription, or, um, you know, what's another thing that I. Uh, I'm trying to think of another, there's a few other things and maybe they'll come to me as we're talking, but where I, Dubsado, which is our contracting platform that Compass uses it for our clients. Yeah. And I was like, is there any issue with sort of double dipping those things that I, I pay a subscription and usually a yearly subscription? So they're already prepaid. I'm not using them much for Compass. Can I use them for my other business? And what will that cause me any issues? And they said, no, it's going to be fine. What you're going to want to do is record it as an expense on whichever business is using it the most. But because you are a a single owner LLC in both businesses, the tax implications are the same because I have the the entities are the same. Right. And so because the entities are the same, it made it very easy to say the things that I am needing and I don't want to pay for a separate subscription for my second business? Can I sort of double dip in that way? Ended up being an okay thing. So that's how I saved some money too, was getting creative about what do I already have yeah. access to in my first business that can support my second business.
0: Well, that's great. Cause yeah, you just explained our many different ways and resources that you use to start your, your new business, which is, um, it's great for people to hear because there's, there are, different options for sure. And, um, what I, w- I want to highlight what you said about your friend helping you. Uh, right. I think that's, I just want people to hear this <laughs> cause I'm passionate <laughs> about it. It's like, if you have money to invest, like, I know you can get a higher return in putting in the stock market, uh, financial return maybe, uh, but you may not. But uh, I think the best way to invest in businesses to get a return on your investment that may not look monetarily, uh, but in, in real people like find your friends who want to start something and, and offer them uh, a, a gift or a loan or whatever, just something because there's a lot of people who want to start things and, and, and the money is, is, is a huge hurdle and there are people out there that have money to invest and there's no better place to invest it than in a an entrepreneur who has a passion to impact people and 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 do spring something into the world that'll make a difference so that's my that's my advertisement off of off of that yeah. point. Um, I I 100% yeah.
1: agree it makes me think of but I don't know if you're familiar with the cartoonist, Nathan W. Pyle, but wow. he he is most famous for his Little Blue Beings comics, but he has several things that he puts out there. But there's this beautiful little like four block picture comic of his that there's somebody waiting at a counter to be served at, uh, at a, a store. And the person behind the counter says, have you been helped? And the person responded, by so many people in mm. so many ways in my life. Yeah. And I feel that way. I know that my life and my success is a beautiful mosaic of all of the people who gave me opportunities, who believed in me, who supported me and took risks, honestly, on me. And if it weren't for the people who invested in me and took risks, I wouldn't be where I am today. And I know that.
0: Oh, amen. <laughs> um, so you start your business. Uh, yes. I mean, you, you, you're, you're ready. How did you find your first customer?
1: So that's an interesting story. I got into this training program that has some group coaching elements to it. So I'm showing up and they have these different focus groups that they have specialty coaches in. And I was in there trying to get help on my messaging, trying to get clarity on how I really wanted to come to market on this. And I felt very clunky and like looking for my words and trying to really sort this all out in a way that I hoped eventually people would be interested in what I do. And what beautifully happened was somebody else who was in the program with me, it was already resonating with them, even in what felt like not a pretty polished package yet. And she reached out to me and said, I need help doing exactly what you do. Would you be interested in working with me? And so it was showing up in a space where I was wanting and needing help and just being able to talk openly and transparently and authentically about what I was doing and and where I was in my journey and uh, her being willing to take an initiative and reach out. And I think that that speaks to my philosophies in what I do in my, in my coaching program, which is knowing that if you ground yourself in in showing up authentically that and and communicating in in ways that are about connecting and being present with people things like sales just naturally flow and i think that that Mm -hmm. points to that right that that i i wasn't necessarily looking to promote or sell uh, or find my first client but it happened so
0: right well and she got to know you as a person right and was like hey i want to i want to work with cassandra Mm-hmm. Um, that's great. Um, so that was from that. How'd you find your second client?
1: <laughs> so, yeah. So my second client. We don't go too
0: far. We don't have to get your whole life. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just so, the momentum.
1: The momentum. Yeah. So I think that one of the biggest key factors to being an entrepreneur, is being able to take initiative, right? And really seize and notice and seize opportunities. And so I, another thing to know about me, I I am not diagnosed, but it is something that I am very certain is true about me is that I have ADHD. It is something that maybe eventually I'll get a formal diagnosis, but in the last few years as an adult, it became very clear that that's how my brain is different, uh, that that neurodivergence. And I tell you that because it's important to the next point. So I am in a couple of Facebook groups that are AD for ADHD entrepreneurs. In fact, statistically, it's much more likely for uh, ADHD people to be entrepreneurs than the general public. So that's a fun fact. (laughs) And so anyway, I'm in this Facebook group. And a woman who is also there, who is a lifestyle coach, liked what I was doing, liked what I was sharing, and asked me if I would interview with her do a facebook live with her and talk about the work that i do absolutely i love yeah. talking with people it's one of my favorite things to do and so uh through that journey of preparing to do that facebook live with her it also became very apparent that what i was doing was resonating with her and she just showed interest in working with me and so through again a relationship that i built yeah. and and just being present and with people in a group is how and 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 being willing to pick up on the cues that she was asking questions about what i was doing in a way that wasn't just about getting to know me but was clear that she was sort of in that vetting process that people go through when they're like do i want to do this do i not Uh, Mm -hmm. and so because i have the intuition to have also picked up on that i asked a couple of questions to make sure that that intuition was in line and it became clear that like what I was able to, to bring an offer was something that she was needing in her business too. So that's how I found my second client.
0: <laughs> Great, Yeah. <laughs> um, what were, so you're getting clients, you, you started your business, you're getting clients. What, what was like the toughest challenge, uh, at the beginning for you?
1: Hmm. I think that for me, Maybe it goes to what you were talking about earlier of how entrepreneur brains have a hundred different ideas and sometimes they get done, sometimes they don't. Mm -hmm. And, And knowing that that is one of my skill sets and one of my talents is to be really creative and have a lot of ideas. So I think that one of the hardest parts was really nailing down what what type of coaching I wanted to do and what niche I really wanted to go into because I felt like there were a lot of different directions I could go. And then also what steps to do first. So I, you know, f- looking into the coaching world, there were people who were doing online courses. There were people who were doing group coaching. There were people who were doing one-on-one. And I was like, what do I do first? Right. And I felt really fortunate that I found a program that I really feel like has a really lovely model to follow. So it it gave me clarity about what path to take and and what order in which to do things. But I think that at the beginning, I was just feeling overwhelmed with options, overwhelmed with ideas. And having this program that I was able to get into gave me the clarity and the specificity I needed to do what I'm doing now.
0: Right. So it sounds like this program was very instrumental in helping Helping you get this thing, this thing started.
1: Yeah, right? I think it, the foundation of being in the the 10KSB community was the the first step, right? Yep. So I already had that in my in my toolbox of of resources and knowledge, and it was really, and I think understanding the value that that had in my life also made it so that I was more willing and understood the value of investing in something else that was specific training too. So I think that 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 was a beautiful setup to say, "Yep, this is another thing that is worth doing."
0: Right? Yeah, that's that's sometimes I I had to do that as well uh, as an entrepreneur. Uh, is start to learn that I'm my my I'm my greatest investment, right? Mm-hmm. So if I'm gonna spend money, like it may cost a lot of money <laughs> to yeah. like invest in a program like that or to hire a coach, but what you're doing for yourself is just building, putting building blocks in place in your life so that you can serve people better, and and from that you should see a financial return to support wherever you you want your life. To look like, exactly. Um, but yeah, but that's a that's a mindset change. It take it takes a while. It took me so long to, <laughs> to get there.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that mindset too is is a huge component. And one of the things that I feel so fortunate about is the program that I ended up in, which is uh, is the David Bayer program uh, that a huge component of what he does is mindset work, too. And so I went out, I went out looking for business training, I was like, I need I need to be told how to do the business of coaching. And I happened to stumble upon someone who also has this beautiful resource of exactly what you said, like understanding that mindset is you know, 80% to sometimes 100% of the game. For sure. for <laughs> and sure. yep. and so I, I was so glad that I got plugged into a community that values mindset and that that is the foundational piece of how they're building businesses too.
0: Right. And that's not only for coaching businesses. That's for any business. Anybody's yeah. going to start, right?
1: Exactly. It's, any type of business. Yeah.
0: Because you have to have the right mindset. Yeah. And then the first thing is just believing in yourself enough to like, take this step forward. And that's what I I mean, I think it for you and for anybody, it's like, right. It's just, you have an idea and what you need to do is believe that the next step you're taking is going to, is just the next step in the journey towards the goal that you're, you're aiming for.
1: Yeah. Um, And I think that to go along with that, one of the most beautiful pieces that I've gained from this program that I'm in is I I love to know details. OK, this is important. And and I want to know the how. I, I'm someone who gets a little anxious if I don't know the path forward and the how that we're going to get there. Right. Yeah. And so I'm the kind of the, the kind of student who gets the syllabus and reads it all on the first day because I want to know the path that we're taking. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but one of the beautiful things about the program I'm in right now has helped me with a mindset shift around that is that really our success is more rooted in making decisions and the how unfolds from the decision instead of the other way around. I, and so realizing that if I'm deciding that I am going to start a new business while I'm owning a second or first one, right? That was it. That was a limiting belief of mine that I was, I was kind of starting out with at the beginning of this year when I was excited about the idea of a new business, but I was like, how am I going to own two businesses? I Mm -hmm. talked to a, couple of of other people who own multiple businesses to get their advice and and, and I appreciate the insight that they gave me, but I think that they maybe misguided me a little being like, oh, you you can't really do it unless X, Y, Z. And it really gave me anxiety around it, right? and I, but i still wanted it i wanted it so badly that i was like i'm gonna figure this out that's yeah, good for and you so i when i got into this program i in, instead of working from that limiting belief that i can't do it there's no way to do two businesses at once especially if my first business is needing so much of my attention uh that i just made a decision that the path that both businesses were going to be able to continue and be successful was going to happen and the how was going to unfold as i built it yeah so
0: yeah, I mean that's uh, I I wrote that down to mark that <laughs> because yeah. that that's just a, a point that needs to be emphasized. Is, yeah, you need to make the decision to move forward, and sometimes you may not have all the details. You won't have all the details on how it's going to look, but um, the details unfold as you move into the new territory right um
1: we're held back by indecision and that's something that i have been guilty of a lot in my life but raising my
0: hand (laughs) you (laughs) You can't see it but i'm raising yeah (laughs) yeah
1: and so realizing that yeah the the fact that uh being stuck in indecision, making any decision moves us forward because we either go, yep, that was the right thing or we learn, nope, that wasn't the right thing and we're going to make a new decision now. But it happens so much quicker than sitting in the indecision. And that is one of the most valuable lessons I've learned uh, this year.
0: Right. So what are your, I I love asking this question because I'm a big picture vision guy, but what are your hopes and dreams and goals for your coaching business?
1: Yeah, so I hope and dream that I am able to usher other business owners through this journey of realizing that one of the most powerful tools they have available to them is their desire to help people. That's why most of us got into our business in the first place, right? We saw a need in the world and we said that need needs to be met and I am uniquely positioned to do that because of my abilities, because of my experience, because of my passion and commitment to doing it. And I think that sometimes there ends up being this mental gap that happens between that passion and drive to run your business and connecting that to your ability to be good at sales. And so that is something that I is the primary focus that I'm working on right now is helping business owners close that mental gap between the fact that what makes them good at their business and what makes them good at their humanity is what they need to be good at growing their business and growing their sales because I think that people often distance themselves from sales because they think of it as aggressive or assertive or pushy or sleazy or something that even if they don't feel those things they go well it's just not in me it's not my natural ability it's not my natural talent and I I want to help transform the world. That's really, I guess, answering your question. (laughs) So my, my mission, my vision, my dream is to transform the world and how we communicate and how we connect with each other. And that's really what I'm doing in both of my businesses. I realize that both of my, my businesses serve that vision, that purpose in my life that I believe that again, going back to what I said earlier, humans, thrive on connection and deeply desire that. And as business owners and as artists, uh, we are uniquely positioned to help push that forward and and make a difference in the world. And, And when we're able to show up authentically and powerfully and a mindset of abundance, then we are not only better at our businesses, but better at our humanity. And so one of the problems I see in the world is that people haven't been given the time, and the space to learn these skills in a real tangible way. I think even programs that teach it, it stays really high level, like high bullet points and people go, great, I intellectually get it, but I don't know how, I don't understand the how. You tell me to have a conversation where I'm, I'm really focused on the other person and invested in them, what does that look like? What are the components? So I'm yeah. working on demystifying communication yeah. <laughs> in a way that like, uh, our, our culture just doesn't value or or emphasize training in, in that area in the way that we do hard skills and technical skills. So I want to change that. I want to transform the fact that we are creating space to really break that down in digestible, tangible ways that people can go, Oh, I get it now. I can do that and I can do it in an authentic way. And then, Uh, also creating space to practice those skills, because that's the other place that I see a weakness in training programs, is that it stays really intellectual, and it stays really, um, what's the word I'm looking for, like, uh, conceptual, right? And so there isn't an opportunity to get in and try it out and to get coaching in a safe or brave space and and really get feedback. Because that's the problem is that a lot of times we go to these training programs, we add all this knowledge to our toolbox, but then we're afraid to use it because we haven't had a chance to practice it. And so we either go, we revert back to old habits or old ways of doing things, or we wait until it's a real life high stakes situation. We go, ah, I learned this thing. Let me reach into my toolbox. And then we try it for the first time in a real life high stakes situation. And it doesn't go well because we haven't honed, we haven't honed those skills. Yeah. And, and we also uh, haven't built the confidence around that skill, right? And so we then have that lived experience of, oh, that didn't work. I can't do that. I, um, and, and then, and it actually distances us from really useful tools. So, I, I am in. I am my my mission and vision is to help transform how people communicate and connect, and create space for people to hone those skills. And so, me creating and holding space for that is is really important to me.
0: Great. Uh, two more questions. Yes. One. I'm asking this one for a friend uh <laughs> say okay. if i had a friend who uh yeah was was not the best at sales or didn't yeah. feel they were best at sales and 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 i was to introduce my friend <laughs> to you uh what what is your pr does the program look like is it one-on-one coach i mean this is just details but like one-on-one yeah. coaching as a group like what would that look like
1: So right now, I have a one-on-one coaching program, and I have two options. One is a 12-week option, and one is a 16-week option. The 16-week option is the one that I'm most excited about, but the 12-week option gives some flexibility. Mm -hmm. And uh, what it looks like is me being able to really immerse myself in their business for the first week or two and really get to know their business in a deep way, because that's another problem I have with coaching and consulting programs and training programs, I can't tell you how easily annoyed I am when somebody has, you know, a two paragraph description of my company and then they come in and think they know everything and they act like an expert in my business and tell me what to do. (laughs) It just feels bad. And so I don't want other people to experience that. And I think that the best way I can deeply serve and coach people is to really get an in-depth understanding of their business. So I have a whole methodology of, of getting in there and understanding their business. And then it's 12-week training program where I take them through training modules about different areas of communication and relationship building that are all Rooted in sales, but frankly, I think are translatable to all of the areas of their life and business as so. a leader and as an entrepreneur, and honestly, as you know, a friend and a colleague. And uh, after the 12 weeks of training, that again is weekly one-on-one coaching and training modules and support materials to take you through all of that. And we're working on building a sales strategy during that time for you too. Is that I go back into your business uh, mostly virtually. Uh, I, I haven't really gone into people's businesses physically. I right. don't think it's necessary, yeah. but I immerse myself back into their business for three the three weeks at the end. So that 16 weeks, it's a week or two at the front that is immersion, 12 weeks of training, and then three weeks on the back end. Yeah. Because another problem I see with training programs is that they often are teaching you the thing and then pushing you out of the nest, right? Go baby bird fly. And it's scary. You need sometimes that extra support to figure out how to implement especially when you're already running a business right you're like i have so much going on trying to implement something new right now it's it's difficult and so that's why i'm like i'm going to hold your hand i'm going to help and and the other really important key part of of what i'm doing is going back to that idea of practice so my 12-week program plus the three weeks of immersion at the end involve direct coaching and so the the 12 weeks in 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 you actually practicing and doing the skills so the 12 weeks i have because of my theater background i am very fortunate that i have a network of improviser educators who are going to be able to come in and help me in my business to create simulated opportunities for people to practice the skills that I'm teaching and get immediate feedback and, and, uh, be able to hone those skills so that they can figure out what's working so they can hold on to that, continue to work on the things that they need to improve. So that's throughout the whole program. And then at the end, when I'm going back into their business, me being able to coach them in their real life things. So it's one thing to do it in a simulated environment. It's another to go back into your business and actually be using the skills. So I'm there to be in, because it's really hard to be present and using skills and serving a client and being outside of yourself also like critiquing it and figuring out what's working and what's not. So me being able to be that third party observer and saying, this is what's really working for you. These these are the specific things to hold on to. These are the ways that we can make it even better moving forward. So really spending time helping people implement in that way. So that yeah. was a really long winded answer, but that's the structure of what I'm doing right now.
0: <laughs> no, that's helpful. So uh, all my uh, friends who are listening to this podcast, uh, if you're going to, if you're, if you've started your business or about to, I think Cassandra would be, don't wait, right? Like, don't wait to learn those skills. Those should be skills that you put in your toolbox right at the beginning. Yes. Uh, So if you can find, well, you can find Cassandra and hire her to give you those skills and abilities. You're gonna want those right away because your business is gonna survive and thrive only. (laughs) Well, not only, but 99% off of sales. Uh right. You have to bring in money and then don't spend all of it. Like that's a simple business formula. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's simple business. Bring in money, don't spend it all. Um, and then you'll you'll have uh you'll have a profit. And so yeah, so that I think that's uh an incredible tool and something that you need to learn right at the get. If you're gonna start something, if you're at the beginning of something or if you're twenty twenty years in. Like I am, uh, voting my own business, uh, 18, but who's counting? Um, who's counting? you know, like, and, and you don't feel like you have, uh, mastered those skills. Um, this is, this is an important tool.
1: Well, and that reminded me as you were saying all of that, that another component that I've recognized in other programs is sometimes they treat like what they're doing as the end all be all answer to solve all of your problems. I think that that's frankly just never true. No. <laughs> and- everything in business is intertwined right so because i know that business owners need support outside of my area of expertise too one of the cool things i've built into my program too is what i call a 360 wellness check where we are able to take a snapshot look at other areas of their business that are directly and indirectly related to the sales and communication work that I'm doing. So, you know, visual design and marketing, copywriting, HR, finance, legal, all of that. I have gathered a network of experts in those places where I'm not, it's not my area of expertise. And they are, everyone who goes through my, my coaching program also has access to this network of experts who do a, a, a consult on their business and those places so that they can really get support in that too.
0: Wow. (laughs) Yeah, that's great customer service, right there. there. Well,
1: I just want to make sure everyone's really taken care of because if we fix one area of your business and like there are things that are connected to that uh, that I'm not able to address, then it's not you're not going to have as much success and you're not going to be able to be as effective.
0: Right. And going back to that simple formula I gave, there's also the sales don't fix all your problems.
1: Right. Yeah. They fix a lot. (laughs) Sure, they do a lot.
0: Uh, (laughs) They don't fix fix all all of them. them. Right. <laughs> um so the last cl- question to r- to wrap our time up together today is what piece of advice would you give to an uh, aspiring entrepreneur
1: I would say no one is an island and surrounding yourself with people who believe in your mission and vision and who have, like I just mentioned, areas of expertise outside of yours that are going to be able to inform and support and consult you is going to be the quickest, fastest way to grow your business and and also finding like-minded people. If you are, it's one thing to have friends and family who are cheering you on, but I can tell you from a history and a career in theater if I have to answer to my uncle one more time why I'm not on Saturday Night Live because he just doesn't understand <laughs> the industry and what I'm tra- and not only the industry why aren't you uh,
0: why are you not on Saturday Night <laughs> Live
1: yeah. it is outside we'll next of my time. area yeah. um, but yes and so I think that like it is one thing to have people who are cheering you on but don't necessarily understand what you're doing and it's another to really surround yourself with people who not only are cheering you on but who understand and support. The work that you're doing at a deep level. So it's it's good to have both, trust me. But I think that really finding those people to plug into having the communities that I have built for myself has been the number one important thing that has uh, contributed to my success.
0: Yeah. Wow. That is a great piece of advice. If you just heard that. um, Yeah. You don't have to do it alone. Mm-mm. Uh, I was just talking to someone who just started their own business and they're like, man, it's just exhausting and it's just me. And I feel that sometimes too, and I have business yeah. partners, yeah. uh, but yeah, you don't have to do it alone. That's so, well, Cassandra, thank you so much, uh, for your time and your investment into, into just, uh, meeting with me and talking through your, your business. It, it was great. Uh, one thing that I want to, um, it kind of emphasized at the end here is something that you said, and I I didn't uh, write it down exactly. uh, But early on you said you would, you would, you felt like it would be a disservice to people if you did not start your coaching company. And um, yeah, (laughs) if I could have anybody hear that like hear that, like there's, I, I just want everybody who's listening to know that there's something inside of you that the world needs yeah. to hear and to experience that you are uniquely gifted to bring forward. And, um and it is a disservice to the world if, if you don't, if you don't do that and and that's everyone, anyone who is out there. So um yeah, just wanted to highlight that. So thank you so much, Cassandra. And I uh, just, yeah, I just, uh, I'm so excited for what you're doing and uh, knowing who you are and your heart behind it. Like, Uh, I just ask for so much uh, success and blessings upon your business that, uh, yeah, you'll have to figure out ways to to handle everybody coming in.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Scott. This has been an absolute pleasure. I always love chatting with you. And I am so grateful that I had the opportunity to share and catch up with you about what I've been doing.
0: Thank you for joining us for another episode of Small Business Startup Stories presented by Bitbox. Bitbox exists to discover, develop, and launch entrepreneurs. We believe anyone has the ability to start a business, and that means you. If you have the desire and don't know where to start, we'd love to help. So please visit us at bitbox.com to find out more.